Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Hi, this is Wendy. I'm a sexaholic in Colorado, and um, I've had sexual sobriety since November uh, 7th of 11. And um, first off, Moses has asked me to do my story, and I've done it before on this call, so some of you may have already heard heard some of it, but it seems to come out different every time I tell it. I don't know. Um, and the other thing is I, I have a conference call um, right after this, so I'm going to have to hang up about five minutes um, before it's over. So I just want to thank everybody ahead of time for listening and um, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with me as well. So um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on my childhood, Um, probably not much different. Well, actually, it probably was different. (laughs) My dad was AWOL from Vietnam, and uh, we moved up to Canada. I was about two when we moved up to Canada and lived uh, on the run, basically. And my dad became very instrumental in helping all the other um, AWOL soldiers to come to Canada and get jobs and that kind of stuff. So consequently, there was always a lot of people and especially a lot of men um, in our household. And they were hippies at that point. So it was just like sex, drugs, and rock and roll throughout, you know, most of my childhood um, and especially when we were up there. And that's kind of when I started, I I really got exposed to sex um, because my parents would just have sex with everybody everywhere. (laughs) So that's kind of when I think my voyeurism started. Um, And I also was drinking and doing drugs because, you know, they were all drugged out. They didn't know that I was going around and drinking their drinks. But anyway, um, so yeah, so my childhood was pretty crazy. Um, Powerlessness. uh, Well, my life, I mean, I really was never fully committed to any relationship I was in. I always had one foot out the door just in case. I had to have a backup plan. Um, and I didn't want anybody to be able to hurt me. So I needed to make sure I had a way out. Um, and um, I spent a lot of time luring people in you know, luring people into my life. I I learned very quickly when we moved back to the States that um, I'd have lots of friends if I shared drugs and alcohol and sex. And so consequently, I used my body and and the alcohol and drugs in my household to um, make, quote, friends. (laughs) And I basically just lured them in with all this stuff. You know, I thought that I was cool. I thought that I was just the shit. People were drawn to me, you know, because I was hot and I had drugs and alcohol and was easy, you know, and so it was just so sick. Um, When I got out of school, I started uh, 
I, I started going out to bars. I was only 19, but I had fake ID. And so we would always go out um, ladies' night. It would start Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, just like basically one big party. Um, I would go to bars and pick up men, oftentimes go outside with them in the car and then come back in and find somebody else and then go home with that person. I mean, it's sick. The amount of people that I've been with makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I basically um, manipulated and objectified and used everybody in my life, um, up to and including my husband. Um, I manipulated and cheated on him before we were even married. Um, and uh, it all just continued into the marriage. I manipulated him into uh, being swingers so that I could have, um, so I could be with other people. Um, so that I could be cool, you know, what, the cool wife, <laughs> whatever, the, the let her husband be with other girls, which was only a ploy so that I could be with other guys. Um, and it got to the point where eventually I was um, meeting with people's husbands on the side um, in secret. And even there were times when my husband would be passed out right next to me and we would, I would have guys in the bed. And, I mean, it was really bad um uh the unmanageability just kept getting worse like i i started having my own personal ads uh, on sites i had secret email accounts i had secret chat accounts um i was talking to so many different men that i just couldn't keep track i couldn't keep track of my lives um my my last acting out partner i met on a site um for people with stds because throughout all this unmanageability, I contracted an STD. And <laughs> talk about sick. <laughs> Had to find someone as sick as me, of course. Um, and that was pretty much the beginning of the end of my acting out. Um, I had been caught cheating like four times. And um, this guy and I had put up a, an ad together. Um, and my husband saw it and found it. And that was it. I mean, he was leaving. And... At this point, I was so sick. I was sick to my stomach, literally physically sick. Um, I was losing weight. I couldn't eat. Um, and like I said, I couldn't keep track of my lives. Oh, and during this whole time, my kids were also just kind of floundering out there. was not present at all. Um, trust me, I've paid the, <laughs> paid the price for that, too. Um, it's gotten better since I've been in recovery. I've really learned a lot about developing those relationships. And, you know, that's why I'm so glad I'm here. I mean, I could talk about the price of my addiction, too. I mean, I had an abortion. I have STD. I lost relationships. Um, I never had close relationships. I remember thinking my girlfriends were always so close, and they always hung out, and it just seemed like I just really didn't fit in. And... It's because I couldn't be intimate with people, and especially women. I couldn't be intimate, especially with women, um, because I couldn't manipulate them as well as I men. Um, so anyway, after I finally got caught again, I still tried to lie and manipulate myself my way out of it. Um, I uh, saw a TV program about sex 
addiction and immediately thought, that's it. That's my excuse. So I um, told my husband, I think I'm a sex addict and he can't leave me because I'm sick. I'm an addict, right? Uh, Well, (laughs) he still thought he was going to leave me or still planned to leave me anyway. And I ended up in an S program where I could define my own sobriety. And yeah, that didn't work um, because I can rationalize any behavior, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not going to cheat on my husband by having sex with somebody else, but I can still talk on the phone or chat on the computer or, you know, just to, up to a line, I can just push it right to that line. Um, but then what happens is eventually I just cross the line again, <laughs> again because I'm an addict and I can't stop um, of my own fruition and I never worked the steps I never had a sponsor like I said I went into this with as an excuse to give my husband what happened when I came to SA was that I found out I was saving my life not just my marriage and if my marriage survived that was just a bonus because I was in a situation where I could have died very easily I was meeting people in dark places you know and it was really scary um So I finally found my way to SA and um, started living by the sobriety definition. And I still never really worked the program. I never really worked the steps. Um, I kind of acted like I was. And about a year into it, I lost my sobriety again. I started contacting um, people that I shouldn't have been contacting. And, um, And that was it. That was the last time for me. I just decided that I needed to get into reality. And that's kind of what I learned in, in, through this program is, you know, I can get out of my head and into reality. And it may not be everything I want, but it's what my higher power wants for me. It's the reality that my higher power has chosen for me. And um, he was there through all of this, just waiting for me to say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be able to be free from this obsession of lust. Um, I'm supposed to be able to help other people. I'm here to live in reality and accept life on life's terms and accept people the way they are, my husband, the way he is, and be grateful. Gratitude. Oh, my gosh. I've never experienced gratitude in my life. I, I spent my life in resentment, self-pity, um, like I said, manipulating and objectifying and using people and using my body to get what I wanted. I never lived in reality or in peace. It was constantly running, constantly hiding, constantly waiting for someone to find out who I was and what I was doing. Um, so this program brought me peace, a lot of peace. The first word in the first step is we were powerless. It's we. So I remember thinking, how am I going to do this if I'm powerless? And then I went back to the we. It's like, I don't have to do this by myself. I have a we. (laughs) I have a program. I have people who are in this situation who are also addicted to lust, men and women, and I can learn to relate to them in a healthy way. and I think that's that and the fact that I now have a relationship with my higher power. I guess that's probably the main thing is that I've learned to um, trust a higher power 
my my God was never uh, a loving God. My God was a convenient God. He was there when I needed to blame him for bad stuff and there when I needed to celebrate the good stuff. It was never an in-between. It was never really a relationship. And now I have that connection. And it's awesome. I don't have to say a formal prayer. I can just talk to my God. I don't have a vision of God in a robe and funky sandals. My God is, is nature. I walk out my door right in front of one of the largest mountains in the Rocky Mountains. And it's, that's God. It's like, whoa, good morning. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me you're there. So um, the only relationships with the higher power I ever had were, you know, any kind of spiritual experience was chemical. <laughs> it was never real. And that's what's really good for me today. You know, that's the, the main things I've learned from this program. Living in reality and learning to accept it trusting my higher power and having faith that his plan is what's supposed to happen and I don't have to control the plan and that's a relief <laughs> and also how to be a better person how to be intimate with people on a level where I can listen to people where I can look at them as people and not try to see what I can take from them um, I could go on, but I think I should stop. Um, so uh, I'm just very, very, very grateful, and I feel very blessed for you guys to listen to my story and my identification in this program. And um, I hope that it's helped somebody. I cannot speak enough of this program. Having a sponsor is huge, and actually working the steps it works if you work it. Keep coming back. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'll pass back to Moses. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.